Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. I have been entrusted with the most valuable thing, which is life, the life, and you can't put a price on that. Um, I take it very serious because I too changed my life. I know exactly what it takes to get them going. And um, so in, since 2016, I have been volunteering. I have been putting through the paperwork. I went through a divorce myself, but that did not stop me. I kept going. I was told that I couldn't, but I kept going. This is the plaintiff, Angelique Patton. She says she hired the defendant, her cousin, to file some important paperwork for her business. And she made so many mistakes it wasted her time and money, family or no family. She won't be taken advantage of and is suing for the $436.44 she's owed. This is the defendant, Kathy Ben Bella. She says she's a paralegal, and her cousin could never get her act together, and the paperwork was delayed because of her incompetence. She worked hard for the money she was paid and isn't giving her cousin any of it back. She's accused of taking too long. All parties, please hit your right hand. What you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. They are actual litigants with a case pending in civil court. Both parties have agreed to drop their claims and have their cases settled here before Judge Marilyn Millian in our forum, the People's Court. People's Court is now in session. The Honorable Judge Marilyn Millian is now presiding. Litigants have been sworn, Your Honor. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Ms. Patton, how are you? Hey, I'm wonderful. Hola, Oeza Millian. You... You run a nonprofit called 93rd Back to Basics. What is it that that organization does? We are a community resource education center. We deal with clients who are come from impoverished areas. Uh, we work with them with their GED, tutoring in the math and science, because in our neighborhoods, urban neighborhoods, they lack what it is to get into a college. We also have uh, classes in etiquette, coping skills, uh, building wealth, how to be self-sufficient and how to maintain self-sufficiency. We also have a grief counseling because we have people in our neighborhoods and young adults and they're dying in droves. So, yeah, that's okay. what we do. Have, but you were looking for 501c3 status, which means that you would be tax exempt. So how long have you been up and running without having that 501c3 status? Uh, as you may know, Ju uh, Judge Millian, before you can even attempt to present yourself for the 501c3, you need to start investing into the community all on your own. So for the past four and a half years, I have been very passionate about what I do. I have been entrusted with the most valuable thing, which is life, the lives, and you can't put a price on that. Um, I take it very serious because I too changed my life. I know exactly what it takes to get them going. And um, so in, since 2016, I have been volunteering. I have been putting through the paperwork. I went through a divorce myself but that did not stop me. I kept going. I was told that I couldn't, but I kept going. And so I am here today and I work okay. hard. 
to get that going. Okay, so you hired Ms. Ben Bella is your cousin, correct? Yeah, she's my second cousin. And you hired her to put together the paperwork for the tax exempt status. And Ms. Ben Bella, what qualifies you to do that? Have you done that before? Do you have your own nonprofit? Uh, Judge Millian, I, yes, I, first of all, I do have my own nonprofit called the Women of Royalty Outreach Ministries, and it has been in effect for over 20 years. I've had my 501c3 for since 2006, and I have in the community uh, several churches and every, other entities prepared and completed the 501c process, and they are now up and running. Okay. So, Ms. Patton, you agree to pay Ms. Benbella $1,500 to get the paperwork together. And you give her the $1,500 when? Uh, June of 2020, the... correct? Yes. And um, is there any understanding between the two of you uh, of uh, when the work would be done, how long it would take? Well, initially, she did not say anything about how long it would take. Um, I kind of figured that it may take anywhere between 60 days. I was in the process of purchasing a home, so I wasn't exceptionally eager to have the entire process completed. So we never did tie that down, except when okay. July 14th came, that's when she shot me an email and told me, um, I usually have a 90-day turnaround. She was very evasive. She was um, almost as a matter of fact, because I had called her about my state certification, which um, that was in July. She had had it almost a month, and my state certification had not been submitted yet, but if I may elaborate on my state certification, she registered me, but she did it inaccurately. She has my son as the business owner, which is inaccurate because I have an attorney that I had look it over. She, I am not the owner. My, my children are the owners. All right, Ms. Benbella, talk to me. She says that, um, you know, you didn't do what you needed to do, and at some point it, it appears like you acknowledge that because you returned the majority of the money to her. So what was going on with you during this time? Here's that you weren't able to complete it. It is not a quick process. And I shared with Ms. Patton that I also had some extenuating circumstances, which my dad had just had an amputation on the 8th. Uh, Ms. Patton hired me on I'm a so Sunday sorry. on the 14th. Yes. And my father's 86 okay. years old. I am his primary caregiver to keep him in his home. And I strive and I share with Ms. Uh, Patton, that nothing came before that, as I explained to all my uh, clients. And so what took place was I did do the initial. I have many emails when we were going back and forth because it's not a little work. And people think you can do this in a few minutes. It takes a lot of time to get it right because once we submit it, if it is rejected, you don't get your money back. You have to start all over. But most people don't understand the intricacies that it takes. So there are plenty of emails where I said, I need this information. Give me that. And I have that work product, the research. However, as things happened, uh, October 6th, which was almost the deadline, I did call Ms. Patton and say, listen, I can either refund your money or get a, you can give me an extension due to my dad having countless, and when I say countless, I mean from one medical emergency uh, to another, and which was, was, again, my primary obligation. And she said, yes, no problem, cuz. And so I said, uh, 45 days, uh, I reached out to her one week later, I emailed her because I was in Cleveland Clinic Toxic, Toxic Cancer Center. So then right after I had visited my own physician, I knew after much travail 
at four o'clock in the morning, I sent Miss Patty an email on the 13th. I, I anguished over having to say, hey, I, I've seen she's done some amazing things. I know what have I done to build my life and change it around. It, I was excited when she came to me. Okay, and again, the okay, email showed that Okay, but that can I you much fo let's let's focus? You what you tell her? You okay, you, you so, decided that there was just too much going on in no your way life. No way, I could meet the deadline. You had your own that's health. What I told her in the email, and, and then after my dad's in the mind compounded, I went ahead and refunded. Thirteen hundred and twenty-five dollars okay. of the fifteen hundred. Okay. Was there a packet or anything that you conveyed to Miss Patton, or there was really nothing? Is there anything concrete that you were able to say? Here's your file, so someone else can complete it, or it's not that kind of thing. No, we didn't even get to that part. I said, "Here's your money." All right. So what ended up happening, Miss Patton? Did you end up hiring someone else? Yes, Your Honor, I did. I uh, actually spoke with and my attorney. And what did you have to pay them? I had to give them $1,400. So now I am waiting on my approval. Overall, I gave Ms. Bimbella $1,625. When Ms. Bimbella forwarded me the fifteen, the $1,325, she, she gave me back through Cash App. Cash App takes a fee. So that fee came up off of it. Okay. So basically what's happened here is I have two women, both of whom do a great deal for their communities, and both of whom are living lives that are lives of service to others. That's what I have. Correct. Um, but I still have a contract that I have to decide. It's not a matter of who's doing this longer or who's doing this better or who's doing more of God's work while they're doing it. It's just a matter of I got to look at what the agreement was, see if the agreement was followed, and determine how much, if anything, is still due. Now, um, you are suing for several things. You want the $300 balance paid to you, but you also are suing yes. for the cash app fee. And here's what I'm not understanding. Yes. You were going to enter when she said, oh, cash app has a fee. What, what is it you were going to say? Because I don't use cash app. I use Venmo and Zelle. How, how does cash app work? Ms. Bendella. Okay. There are two options with cash app. You can take it instantly. Ms. Patton selected the option to get it instantly. Instantly, rather than waiting for it to post. Yeah, yeah. For it to deposit. Yeah, that's so accurate. That's where that you, you, came yeah, from. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And now the attorney's fees that you're suing for are $150, but I, I've looked through all of the pieces of evidence that you submitted, and I don't see anybody's bill for $150. Did I miss it? My attorney did not hand me that bill as of yet. He just called me this morning and told me that he had my bill ready because he's on a $3,000 retainer. So, but nonetheless, with yeah, but I, I can't. I, yeah, I can't just make up one hundred and fifty dollars. You can, you're, you you choose when to go to court, and you chose to go to court. And a big part of your lawsuit are attorneys' fees, and you don't have any evidence of one hundred and fifty dollars attorneys' fees that was, should be charged to her, because um, you're not going to get okay. it. Then I, you know, it's like you can't just okay. tell me that. Uh, so no on the attorneys' fees, but, no uh, on the cash app. Just... The real thing that I've got to no. The real thing that I've got to determine is okay. whether the three hundred dollars, whether any part of the three hundred dollars was earned or not earned. And um, you know, Ms. Bimbella, I appreciate that um, you have insight into your own difficulties and whatever, and that you understood and sua sponte on your own, without being without people demanding and having to sue you for the 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 fifteen hundred you said you know what i've got to give you back some i just i can't do this i got too much going on and that's very laudable because i don't see that very often in court but i still have to decide whether or not anything you did was worth the 300 dollars that you decided to keep to her 
okay? More importantly, you know, how do we place a value on the delay that happened for all that time when you weren't able to do what you were supposed to do? So I I'm going to find that you owe her the $300, and I'm going to find in favor of the plaintiff in the amount of the $300. I wish you both um, a lot of luck, and um, I appreciate on behalf of everyone in your community everything that the two of you ladies do. You're angels. Bye. Thank you. Ms. Manbella, how do you feel about the decision? She found against you. Well, you know what? It, things happen in life. Um, uh, I, I do still love my cousin. I have supported her, and uh, we live in the same community. We have some of the same challenges. So I, I bid her great and blessings throughout uh, her new endeavors, and I'll be there to support her. Well, good for you. Very, very nice. Ms. Patton, what do you have to say to that? Oh, wow. Uh, things do happen. But nonetheless, I am passionate about what it is that I attend to address with my community. We have people dying in droves, and my pro particular programs can definitely assist people in a major way. Yes, I still love her because she is my relative. But nonetheless, the bigger picture is far greater than this. I wish her the best in her endeavors as well. But I, got continue, I need to continue to move forward with vigor because the people out there are depending on me, and I know it. All right. Well, very good. Well, you're going to get the $300 back, according to the judge. Thank you. And she compliments you both very much so. Thank you very much. All right. Well, let's join the judges now for another session of After the Verdict. I'm guessing, you didn't say it this way, but I'm guessing what you were thinking was the $300 retainer really should have got swallowed up by all the additional That's really time, it. I mean, you trouble, know, I, I know that she did some stuff. work, but if the work you right. do doesn't have a whole lot of value right. to me, then why do I have to pay it? If, right. if the work you do has the way, and the way you did it slowed me down and right. made me lose four months of my uh, journey, that's kind of, you know. But pretty inspirational when you have people who are this committed to, to making their communities a better place and certainly opening up a 501c3 uh, tax-exempt uh, charitable organization like this, it's commendable, yeah. right? So uh, John asks, hey Harvey, uh, can a commercial tenant stop paying rent if the government closes that type of business due to COVID? I wish there were an easy answer to that. And this is one of the big problems with this virus that the government has not in many cases really offered clear guidance on this. If there is a law in your city or state that says that you can stop paying rent, the answer would be yes. If it doesn't say that, although it's not clear because judges could go either way, I think the problem there is that you may have to keep paying. That'll do it for this case. Litigants for the next case already inside the courtroom. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance and emergency repair or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This is the plaintiff, Tammy Hellstrom. She says she gave her ATV to the defendant for some repairs. The guy put in a new battery, which lit the ATV on fire, and now it's a total loss. The defendant is at fault, and she's here suing him for the $5,000 she says she's owed.
says the defendant Isaiah Running. He says there were multiple mice nests in the ATV, and the thing caught fire because they chewed through the wiring. The ATV caught fire due to the plaintiff's neglect, and he owes nothing. He's accused of heating things up a little too much. The defendant has filed a countersuit for $5,440 for storage costs of 277 days. All parties, please use your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket. The plaintiff says she dropped her ATV off at the defendant's shop and the guy burned the damn thing up. But the defendant says the ATV was old and mice ate through the wires and the thing started a fire and almost burned his barn to the ground. It's the case of burning it up. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Okay, Ms. Halstrom, tell me what happened here. Well, Judge, on um, back in October 2019, I brought my ATV to a service repair shop. Um, it wasn't until January, late January, that it was actually looked at. I had Okay, Checked let's back it up. Why them. were you bringing it to the service shop to begin with? What was wrong with it? It it was turning over but not firing, so I wasn't able to drive it at the time. How long had it been that way? It was a few months. Okay, uh, so you brought it over to them, and then uh, you brought it over in October. Why was were you fine with waiting until January for them to look at it? I don't use it that much in the winter and I had been without it for a little bit anyway, so I wasn't very worried about it. So I just, okay, you know, went with it. He kept saying he would get to it and... Okay, so what happens? On um, the 23rd of January, I talked to Chris. I'm not sure who this gentleman is, the defendant. I had never talked to him before. Um, the person I had been who are with you was Isaiah Chris. who are you I work for Chris oh okay and I'm so his, you're here I'm because like what are you representatives for customers because he's okay actually did, working are you on the one stuff right now are you the one who actually worked on this uh, ATV both Chris both Chris and I did okay go on Miss Halstrom um, on the 23rd of January, I talked to Chris. He told me finally my ATV was in a shop. Uh, we went over a couple things, what he thought um, he was going to start doing. I hadn't heard anything until February 10th. He was woken up at 2.30 that morning by a fire in his shed, and my ATV was totaled. Mr. Isaiah, what caused the fire? So it uh, it happened when we were actually working on it. We put what in happened? the battery, we put gas in it, we turned the key to the on position before even starting it, and when we turned the key to the on position, the wires were chewed up by mice, which caused a spark, which caught the mouse nest on fire and caused it to burst up in flames. Chris and I were lucky enough to get the garage door open and the four-wheeler out of the garage before burning the house and the garage down. Once we got it outside, Chris used his bobcat, scooped up a big uh, amount of snow, and dumped it on it. And got the fire out that way? Yep. When did all that happen? It took, I would say, time, because we brought it in when we looked at it. 
it, uh, we took pictures of the mice nest of where it was, of where her carburetor would be to clean it and everything. Right, but by then, by the way, just to remind you, by then it had been at your location for how many months? Um, Three and a half. Couple months because Chris and I were the only ones working, and we've had other vehicles, That's, other four wheelers, snowblowers, right. lawnmowers. We work on that's fine, but I'm saying, did anybody ask the mice when they moved in and started chewing wires? No, no right? And the I mice aren't talking. It so it happened. It didn't happen at our place because we had shop cats. So our shop cats were out hunting down the mice and the uh, moles that we had out at the property. So I know for a fact, in all of our buildings are secure. So it's like, well, either that or, or your 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 cats go for the lazy, low-lying mice and don't go for the ones that are hiding inside of the, the thing. I don't know. I, listen, the bottom line is you guys had seen it and you looked at it. In fact, you even joked and sent her a text showing her the mice, the, the mice nest. Let me see that. So you guys send this little picture on January 23rd saying you have friends living in your airbox. And she responds, it was nice and cozy. <laughs> and you say, I, or Chris says, I agree, you're going to need a new air filter. They chewed it. And she says, yeah, figures. It's not, I mean, it's not, so um, how do you figure that it's her neglect? If you guys see it, you guys are looking at it, you guys work on it, and you guys set it on fire when you put in the battery. I mean, you're the experts. You saw the mice nest, so you know to look for whatever damage might there might be. We did. How is any of this her fault? And lucky she didn't burn down the house. She hadn't seen the thing in two and a half months. You guys had had it all that time. You guys found, <laughs> you guys found, yeah, the, your cats are aggressive. Okay, you guys found um, the, the, the mice nest, so you were aware of it. If, if there's any wires eaten up, you should be looking at it. You guys are installing the battery and there's where the spark happens. I mean, accidents happen. And nobody's, you know, it's an, if it's an accident, it's an accident. That's why they call them accidents. But how do you figure it's her fault? And, and you know, you, it ends, as it ends up, you don't have the insurance to cover it. Because the first texts that are going back and forth is Chris telling you that he's going to claim it under his insurance. Then, as it turns out, he saved a few bucks in the premium and doesn't have the kind of insurance that covers other people's property. So now it has to come out of Chris's pocket, and Chris's answer is customer neglect. Neglect is where people leave their stuff outside or they don't put a cover on it to where they can, where rats, bites can get in and destroy everything no, that, no. like, it's an ATV. the wires It's stuff. an ATV. She might have parked it outside all the time. That's not neglect. Plus, you guys saw it, tried to be careful, and apparently weren't careful enough. But I I'm kind of curious why I see the following text, and she was curious, too, um, that at 8.25 on February 10th, because this happened when? According to the insurance papers, this happened in January, right, Mr. Yeah. Isaiah? January 24th. When? January yep. what? January 24th? Does 24th. that sound right? January 23rd or 24th. Okay, so on February knowledge. 10th, Chris sends her, on February 10th, Chris sends, I, got, I realize that he left you holding the bag, okay? But on February 10th, Chris sends her a text that says, I charged and put new battery and it burnt down one of my sheds this weekend. Must have had more wires chewed by mouse. I will turn <clears throat> it over to my insurance company today. I am so sorry that problem, why lights were, probably why lights were funky, but the shed and contents are covered by insurance. 
I got woken up at 2.30 a.m. last night. It was the only thing in the shed at the time. Were you working on it at 2.30 a.m.? I was. I was cleaning it up, the mice nest out and everything, and kind of getting the battery realigned so we can kind of figure out why it's so not it's all your fault so chris wasn't there when it happened i thought you said we turned it sleeping. over hmm. okay now why is she getting this at uh on february 10th as a i got woken up at 2 30 a.m last night why isn't he telling her back in january when it happened i don't i've i don't know the communication between the two of them i'm just one of the mechanics okay. so what ends up happening according to Chris's answer to the complaint, the insurance company rejected it. Why? The, from what they told me is the reason why they rejected it is because of the mice nest for the whole problem with the mice nest and then having the mice chewing through the wires. We don't have control over okay. that, what insurance says. No, you don't. But is that what insurance told you? Yeah. Okay. Now, Ms. Halstrom, you have the rejection letter from the insurance company, correct? I do. And in fact, the insurance company finds no coverage. It doesn't say one word about customer neglect on her part. It just says you don't have the right kind, you don't have the, the bigger, more expensive premium insurance that would cover this. That's what it says. Now, Ms. Halstrom, how do you figure that um, you bring them a 2005 broken down ATV and that you're going to get $5,000? Um, because that would be awesome if you could do that. If you could turn uh, water into wine in the way that you are attempting to do it. You're suing for $5,000 for your 2005 broken down ATV that uh, Lord knows how long it was broken. Then you just left it there for I don't know how many months, et cetera, et cetera. How do you figure? What I did, Judge, is I went out and looked at other comparable ATVs for sale. John Deere is known for So did I. So... Uh-huh. Okay. Well, I John Deere is no longer made, so I found the exact models, and they ranged from thirty-five hundred to forty-nine hundred. Okay. They well, I found uh, the exact the exact year and model, and I saw them for twenty-five hundred and twenty-seven hundred, and that would be one that's in good condition as opposed to yours. Um, Mr. Isaiah, you have a count, or you, you are here on behalf of Mr. Chris, who has a counterclaim against her for $5,540. Pray tell, what is that for? That is storage. We're still paying storage on it in our storage container to this day. And Who are you paying storage to? I'm lost. Who are you um, paying storage to? Do you mean that it's taking up storage room? No, we actually have a storage container. Okay. So, oh, you mean that you rent the actual rent, container so, and that's on your property and this thing is in that actual container. That's what you mean? Yes. Yeah. Okay. What happened with that? Let me oh, hear your that? response to that, Ms. Halstrom. I was getting nowhere with Mr. Fields as far as getting answers from him. I asked to talk to his insurance agent, his lawyer. He wasn't giving me any answers. So I finally just said, forget it. I'm done dealing with him. And I submitted the case to court and I have yet to speak to him since then, so. Okay, all right. Did, was there ever a time when he said, hey, come and get your burnt, the thing I burned up? <laughs> um, come and get come and get your ATV no. that I set on fire? He never said that? <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm not gonna no, order uh, storage fees. Yeah, so, so what's the plan? Do you still want it? No, 
I can't do anything with it. Okay, well, you guys can get rid of it. It's junk. Um, on your counterclaim for storage, uh, there you cannot assert a claim for storage where there is none agreed upon by the other side. And if there is none agreed upon by the other side, then you have to prove that you would be entitled to storage because they are wrongfully keeping it there. Um, so no on the counterclaim. And now on your claim, Ms. House, Ms. Halstrom, against them, I do find in your favor, but not in the amount that you're asking. I find in your favor in the amount of $1,500. The uh, unit itself is now, you guys can toss it, you guys can sell it for parts, you guys can do whatever you want, because I'm ordering you to pay her $1,500 for it. That's my verdict. Good luck, folks. Thank you. Mr. Ronning, uh, number one, where are you? You look like you're freezing. What's going on? Oh, <laughs> I'm at home in uh, Minnesota, down in the basement. <laughs> Is it cold down in there? It must be. Yeah, I like wearing sweatshirts and stocking caps. All right. Well, anyway, uh, you're going to have to pass along to your partner there that uh, he's got to give back $1,500 and you lost the countersuit. You okay with that? Yeah, we're, that's fine. Okay. All right, Ms. Holstrom, you're the one who may not be really fine. Uh, you're only going to get $1,500. Can you get a new ATV for that? No. <laughs> no, I've, I've already purchased one, so I need it for my farm. But at least I'm getting something, and it's not a total loss. Okay, that'll do it for this case. Then we'll go to the judges for another session of After the Verdict. When you give your property to someone to repair, that's called a bailment. They take it, you're, you're what is known as the bailor, and the person who takes it, if it's a TV set to repair, if it's an ATV to fix or a car, that person's called the bailee. And under the law, a bailee is responsible for damage or loss of that type of property under most circumstances, right? Yes. And that's exactly what we had here. I mean, unless here. you can prove that there's something she did to cause the explosion. Right. But right. what on earth could she possibly have done? The thing was in their care right. for two and a half right. months. He's working on it at 2.30 in the morning. Right. Maybe he shouldn't be doing that. Maybe <laughs> his vision and his, his uh, energy level isn't quite what it should be to see right. if there's a wire he shouldn't be touching right. and exploding things, you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Sherelle wants to know this. Hey, Harvey. I had my window shot out while parked on the street during a road rage incident. How do I begin to track down the shooter who was arrested and sue him for my damages? Here's the thing. If he was arrested, the county that you're in, if he's in county jail, would have a record. Actually, this is, on, uh, this is public online where you can actually go and look at the name of the person and then you can start tracking from there. Nexusing the person, seeing if the person has Instagram. You find him, you can contact him if you do enough investigating and then you sue him. That will do it for this case. Litigants for the next case inside the courtroom. This is the plaintiff, Harold. He says he rented a house from the defendant. And once he sold the house, he kicked him out with very short notice. Now the louse won't return his security deposit. And he's not about to let him get away with not giving him back his $2,000. This is the defendant, Abdul Abukil. He says the plaintiff did a lot of damage to the house. He has the pictures to prove it and thinks the judge will be seeing things his way today in court. He's accused of holding on tight to security. 
All parties, please use your right hands. Welcome back to the People's Court. Next case on the docket, the plaintiff says that his former landlord, the defendant, treated him like crap, and now he's trying to withhold money that he has owed. But the defendant says the guy damaged his house big time, and he owes him nothing. It's the case of get your things out now. Thank you, Douglas. You're welcome. Mr. Harold, talk to me. You rented a house for Mr. Abukiel, and how long were you there? Uh, we were there about two and a half years, just about. And who was living there? Myself, my wife, and four children. Okay. And um, so when you left, why was it you left? Was it uh, your choice or his choice or what? The uh, landlord wanted to sell the property. And would I be willing to, you know, cooperate with anyone coming in to see the house and, uh, while they're listening At that property? point, were you on a month-to-month? Uh, yes, because they had not, we had not okay. renewed the uh, lease for 2020. Right. Okay. Uh, you move out, and is there a walkthrough that you guys do together or not really? Yes, we did the walkthrough. Um, he pointed out basically all of the walls uh, had some, whether it's like, I don't know, scuffing or a little hole from hanging curtains or, you know, just wear and tear things on the walls. Uh, he, he was pretty upset about that. And he said, oh, I can't. You so know, you feel he inappropriately like kept your deposit. He kept the whole deposit, right? Yeah, he kept the whole deposit for the carpet. Okay. Well, did he? Did you get a, a letter um, from him during, you know, th- within 30 days of moving out, uh, listing the reasons that they were keeping the deposit? Yes, that's uh, this letter here, uh, which uh, okay. he should have. And he said it's for yeah. the carpet. The cost was $2,200. Mr. Let me ask you, Mr. Abukiel, are you a yes. property manager or are you the owner? I'm the property manager. So you don't own the place? No, no, Judge. No, I don't. Okay. Let me um, first give you a piece of free legal advice. When you file the letter that the law in Florida requires the landlord to file, Don't pick just one thing. Pick everything and put it all in the letter. Because when you pick one thing, what if I disagree with you on the carpet? And now, because you're going to talk to me about all the holes in the wall of it. Uh, As a property manager, that's a piece of advice I have for you. All right, here's a picture of the carpet before move-in. And who took these pictures? Uh, That was either myself or my wife. Um, Your Honor, those pictures are actually after Mr. Howard moved out from the property. I have pictures when he moved in. Uh, prior to his moving, for a few months, we put a new, a new property, a new carpet, and new paint inside the property. How long so before the, he moved in did you put in a new carpet? Uh, we, it was four months, uh, four months before he moved in uh, that we, we had Okay, a new so here are the pictures um, that you have of the carpet. That's correct. That was in the and market the- for rent at that point. Right which looked pretty pristine. And in any event, let me see what it is that it looked like afterwards. And by the way, Your Honor, Mr. Mr. Harold was a great, great, great person, and, and I have nothing personal. This is just uh, uh, the fact that we had to clean up and do all this. It's a lot of cleanup that we had to do uh, besides the carpet. Uh, this is the property as after Mr. Harold moved out from the property. Ugh. Uh, Your Honor, I cannot cut just pieces and take just do spots. I have to replace the entire carpet. And I brought a professional carpet cleaner, and he told me there is nothing he could do. Mr. Harold. Yes. You know what I find charming is that someone actually vacuumed. 
You can see no, the marks of someone had, vacuuming uh, as I though there's something that you can do to hide the damage that has been done to these carpets. <laughs> you actually what? I had it. I had it clean. I had it. I had the carpet clean. To be honest. I know, darling. Um, so this is how it looks when it's clean. I know. I mean, this is. Right. What do you think is going to happen when you hand it over like this? This isn't how you got. Um, I never denied that the carpet was in worse condition than it was when we moved in. I never denied that at all. Um, the only thing I asked. But then why uh, would you be suing Abdul to get your security deposit back? Well. The only thing I ask Mr. Abdul is be fair and charge me half. I mean, the carpet is a wearable item. It's Why a charge you item. half? And the f well, yeah, this, no, this uh, is a wear and tear. This is destruction. They have to replace it. You know, and I saw the well, video the, of what the carpets looked like before. The first few photos that you looked at uh, with, uh, of the carpet was those were my photos that I entered into evidence that we took before we moved in. So there were stains. Did you send on the it to? Let me ask you a question. You're saying there were stains already in those pictures I took before. He says you took them after. You say you took them before. When you take the pictures, the idea when a tenant moves in and sees damage they don't want to be blamed for is that you take those pictures and then you email them to the landlord and say, I'm not complaining or I am complaining. You need to fix this or you don't need to fix this, but I don't want to be blamed for this, so here it is. Did you ever do that? Did you ever send it to them? No, I did not. I mean, there, there was a lot regarding right. that. So, that, so there's going to be it, a debate here about when those pictures okay. were taken then, right? So, But I'm looking Understood. at this carpet, and dude, come on, man. Are you kidding? I'm surprised. No, Honestly, I'm not, you, know, you know, it's a testament. It's a testament to what a great guy you are that he didn't counterclaim. Because it had to cost them a lot more than the $2,000. Well, I guess he is because he, he's suing me for twenty-two. No. You don't know what a counterclaim is. A counterclaim is he comes in now and then he wants the extra 200 for the carpet plus another 1000 for cleanup and, 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 and drywall work and all the... That's what's not happening in this case. It's not happening. He just doesn't want you to take... You know, to get the 2000 back because that bit didn't even cover the carpet. Um, it's look, it's just, you know, I'm sorry. I, I, I know it's a lot of money, but it's a lot of damage. And my verdict in this case is for the defendant. Thank you. Thank you, and Mr. Harold, let me just ask you, what are you thinking right now? You know, this picture's really hey, kind of did you in. I, hey, fair is fair. I mean, she, she ruled in his favor. That's what it is. So I accept it. Um, I just, I'd rather it come from the judge than come from him anyway, because I didn't appreciate how he handled his business. There are a lot of things that had nothing to do with the carpet that I didn't bring up. It was, I just kept it strictly with the carpet and left it like that. All righty. Well, that's it. You're not going to get the 2000 back. Uh, Mr. Abukiel, no I, I think, you know, taking those videos that you did was uh, very beneficial for you. Uh, we, I, I, Mr. Harold is a great tenant. He was a great person, a great father, and the whole family. And I really does not give me any pleasure to be here. It doesn't give me a pleasure to take his his money at all. Uh, I wanted it, um, nothing but to give him the money. But it, it's just my hands are tied with the landlord. And if it, if I don't take it from there, I have to pay for my pocket. It's just uh, it's. I know it's put me in a bad spot. But at the end of the day, it just I it just it's business. It has nothing to do with personal. All right, let's see what the judges have to say about this. Uh, the plaintiff in this case, Mr. Harold, really a class act, a real gentleman, and he came up on the, on the short end of this. But I got to tell you, that carpet almost looked like a crime scene up there. <laughs> I was, there was a lot of stuff going on on it. I'm really grateful nobody lit it up with an ultraviolet <laughs> lamp or anything, you know? So, I mean, hey, it's four kids, you yeah, know? Hey, four kids, it's a four pad kids. or two, and all yeah. of a sudden, you, you know, you can only have so much control over all right. that stuff.
And you know, every state has rules about um, when, how the landlord can keep a security deposit and right. what they have to do. And I see this all the time where either property managers or landlords just say, oh, well, this alone covers it, and that's all they list. That's right. crazy, because right. you don't know whether a judge is going to agree with you on right. that. And that might so, be the tip of the iceberg. Right. So you need to just, you need to list everything right. within the, the time limit that the law requires you to list. And then, you, then you know, figure it out. Then the judge will figure out later what they agree and disagree right. with you on. That's what judges do. You separate yeah. the wheat from the chafe, right? Yeah. Okay, Greg wants to know this. Hey, Harvey, my neighbor's dog got out on the road. I slowed down to avoid hitting him, and I got rear-ended. Who's at fault? Well, if you got rear-ended, it's the car behind you that's at fault. However, the dog owner may also bear some responsibility. See you next time.